Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast, wherever you're tuning in from. If you're watching, if you're listening, if you're... Well, I guess that's the only two things you can do, but whatever you're doing, welcome to the High Button Podcast. I truly appreciate that you tuned in. We have an exciting episode for you, very exciting, or at least I'm excited, uh, and I hope you are too. Callum Meyer and Matt English. I used to play hockey against Matt and uh, Bantam, Midget, maybe Pee Wee, I'm not too sure. And Callum, I've probably known him for the past five years, a lot of mutual friends. They work at a very cool company. Uh, If you haven't heard of Conduct, essentially what they do, uh, they are an athlete intelligence management system. I'm trying to sound a lot smarter than I am here, but that's why I have these two here to tell me exactly what they do. So essentially what they do is they take data from athletes and they're able to tell the athletes after what they need more, what they need less of, how to train harder. Maybe they're training too hard, things like that. And they work with some of the the best uh, sports franchises in the world. Uh, they've been all around North America, you know, selling their product and they've talked to some of the best athletes in the world. So I thought it would be a great idea to have them on the podcast, share some stories of the places they've been, um, the, the athletes they've talked to, the organizations they've been in meetings with. Uh, so it should be a good podcast. So, you know, good questions, sports, high button technology, the future of sports, Definitely the future of sports and and where it's going. So it's going to be a great listen. High button. You know what comes next. Ready to go. All right, we're going here. Colin, Matt, thanks for jumping on the podcast. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks Thanks for for having us. us. Yeah. So essentially, yeah, I'm excited to have you guys here because every time I'm around my friends, Conduct gets brought up and a lot of people think to know what you guys do and a lot of people like to pretend that they're experts, but I don't really believe them. So that's why I kind of wanted to have you guys here and you guys are in the same kind of field that I'm in, talk to athletes, work with athletes, but you guys are obviously on, I guess, the science end of it. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. Like the, I would say like the data or the high performance uh, side of things. Yeah. Yeah. So you like doing that or how long have you guys been, how I've, long have you guys been there for? I've been at Conduct for like coming on four years probably. What yeah. about you, Matt? Yeah, and I'm coming up on three years. Three years? Yeah. yeah. So um, Matt Warburton actually got me the job at Conduct. Okay. And then when we were, we had an office in Pier 21 and Matt English was just like randomly in the building. I was like, do you want to <laughs> maybe <laughs> interview for this position? Yeah. And, and yeah, the rest is history. So we've been, we've been working together for three years now. Where's yeah. the office based out of now? Is it still down there? Purdy's Wharf. Purdy's yeah. Wharf? Yeah. So what were you doing down there that day? I was doing a, uh, after I graduated from Dal, I took a, an entrepreneurship kind of product development boot camp. So yeah. it was like six weeks long. Yeah. So we were down in the marginal road kind of area. And I was in the bathroom and bumped into Callum. He was like, yo, you should give me a resume. We're hiring. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Did so, you know of Conduct before? I knew of them, but like, I didn't re- like, same as you, like, I didn't know exactly what they did. I just knew yeah. that they worked with pro sports. And so I was like, I'm in whatever it is. So, so like, as soon as you got the job, what are some of like the first things that you learned right away? <laughs> like right <laughs> off fight that, are you yeah, still yeah, learning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just thrown into the fire right away. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, uh. I think it was like, honestly, I think it was like probably like three or four months in. And then I was like speaking with the St. Louis Blues. I was just like, this is kind of crazy. I don't feel qualified to be doing this for one, but for two, it's, you know, it just happened quick. So but it's good now. As soon as you got the job and you realized that you'd be talking to these franchises and athletes, is there a party that was just like a little nervous, a little underqualified? Uh, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Yeah. I mean, like, luckily, like I was working with hockey teams. So like. Yeah, I can kind of fake it a little bit, like because yeah. I played, but um, 
you know, I'm not a sports, you know, scientist by any means. So yeah. it was just trying to make sure that I didn't sound too stupid. The yeah. first few phone calls that I was with those guys. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys, no, you, you get desensitized to it pretty quick. Yeah. It, like now it's They're not just normal. Everyone's yeah. just a normal person. Yeah. yeah. So what's the best part about working with athletes then? So we don't really you, work with the athletes that much. Okay. Uh, we would work with primarily like their head strength conditioning coach, their athletic trainer, uh, a lot of teams now have uh, a position called like um, head of high performance or performance director. Yeah. Uh, so those would be the people that we're working with. And we'd come in contact with the athletes from time to time, but uh, we're definitely not, you know, uh, texting Sidney Crosby or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Well, still, you guys are in the room with some of the biggest, the biggest organizations in North America. That's a, that's a big, that's a big stepping stone for your company. How old are you guys? I'm 26. No, not like the company, I mean. The company is, uh, I think we've been doing like athlete management systems yeah. for about five years. Okay. So it all started, I think, probably about 10 years ago yeah. with Travis McDonough, who is our current, yeah, he's, he's the founder, obviously the founder and, and the current CEO. Um, but he's he's done a ton of stuff, right? So he's Alex McDonough's uh, son. Alex McDonough was the former ndp leader okay uh, i was gonna say the name sounded familiar yeah, yeah so he right after he graduated i think he was in dow and or and or he was doing something in chiropractic he yeah. got his chiropractic degree okay and then he left to ireland yeah and just like literally flew to ireland got out of the airport got in a cab and asked like where should i go and the cab driver drove him to this like tiny like village uh in ireland county clare yeah was, county clare yeah so he opened a chiropractic clinic there and that was back when uh irish people were still <laughs> kind of doing like the bone setter mentality so are you familiar with no, what bone what setter does that is? mean so it's kind of like a little folklore like old school yeah, medicine witchcraft witchcraft yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> not so regulated if, if you're the seventh son of a seventh son so if your dad was the seventh son of somebody okay, you're okay. the seventh son of your dad then you are basically qualified to be the bone setter, the town's bone setter. So that means like if you if you <laughs> yeah. were to like break a leg or like dislocate a shoulder, you call the bone setter and the bone setter sets your bones back in your body. And like right? we're talking like what, like 10, 15 years ago, oh, yeah. this was happening in like yeah. rural Ireland still. Yeah. You know? yeah. So like the bone setter also does all the veterinary stuff. So if you have a horse that, you know, steps in a yeah. gopher hole or something like that and the bone setter comes and. <laughs> basically what? yanks yanks the limb around pretends until, like they know what they're doing yeah, and, yeah. oh they could be showing up hammered but yeah. they're the bone setter so they've got like a like a magical kind of touch right is this only in ireland uh it would be like i don't know uh i know it's popular in ireland but it would also be popular in other places like, like africa and yeah. like it, it it was before you know modern medicine obviously yeah, yeah. um so he started working with the hurling company or team yeah. in town and the guys like who are used to like, you know, dislocating their shoulder or whatever and dealing with the bones that are now dealing with Travis who actually knows what he's doing. And they're like, Oh, this is way better <laughs> than this drunk <laughs> yeah. dude, like yanking my arm around. Um, so, uh, he opened a chiropractic clinic, all these hurling guys started going to him and, and eventually that kind of bloomed into a, a substantial, uh yeah. i guess like i think he had like 40 practices yeah. or something at one point like, yeah yeah so wow. was, yeah so, so he he sold that came back to canada and then started conduct, conduct. Yeah. yeah um 
Yeah. And then even when he started to conduct, I think they started like with like 3D medical animation. So like a 3D video of like an injury of what's happening inside the body. That's how it kind of started. He was just saying, you know, if you can engage your patients basically and get them to understand what happened to their body, they're more likely to follow through with the rehab that they're doing. Yeah. Um, So that was kind of like where that started. And then it just, you just kind of continue. He was like continually seeing the, the need for the ability to be able to collect data and then integrate technology as that started exploding. And it just kind of snowballed into what we call an athlete management system now. So what's the pitch when you go talk to these uh, organizations? Obviously, you have successful clients in the past that have benefited from it. When you go into these rooms, do you have like a, like a PowerPoint? Do you have a, a, like, a, like a movie, like a show like that's um, what, what's the pitch for these guys? I mean, every every pitch would be different. Yeah. I think like when you are trying to like if you're at like a trade show and you're trying to explain like what conduct is or if i were to explain to you know somebody or me yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um we're we're basically like an online platform every team gets their own like conduct platform um and all these teams are collecting so much information on their athletes so they've got athletes wearing like a heart rate monitor on their wrist they've got like a gps unit like in a like almost like a sports bra they've got um these like fancy weight scales that are collecting information they've got like sleep monitors and all this stuff right so you're collecting like you've got like seven different sources of data for your athlete but if you want to start looking at it then you have to go into like this gps site or this heart rate site or platform or this uh you know dexas like all this stuff right so what conduct does is we basically suck all that information into one platform so that a coach can now look at, okay, this is their total distance ran over the last you know, week compared to their heart rate and their sleep quality and how is their stats being affected by that and like is the range of motion an issue. Wow. Um, so we allow them to basically look at all that information in real time or not real time, but aggregated all in one uh, location rather than them having to go to all these different spots. So we replace, you know, Excel files and writing stuff down on paper and stuff like that. We also have strength conditioning program in the platform where the coach could, you know, collect the information, analyze the information in our reporting and then build a program based off that. For the uh, one, for the one player. Yep. So like each individual player on the team. Yeah. Yeah. Most, most teams would be doing individualized, uh, programs for every one of their athletes could you imagine having that back when we played (laughs) could you imagine i'm I'm sure it's a lot more expensive than what we could afford but that's that's incredible yeah yeah it's just so individualized now and and i mean i think that's a big part of like the value that we provide too is that we you know if you're doing an individualized program for every single player that takes a long time so if there's ways that you can speed that up and rather than having to check eight different softwares to figure out what's going on it's just going to one spot and then the other part is obviously that it's all you know it it is private data so you have to make sure that only the the right people can view it so we have a, like a permission-based authentication yeah to make sure that you know only the certain coaches are seeing certain metrics on players that they're supposed to see so hypothetical let's say you guys are in boston you guys are at fenway and you're watching a practice of the red Sox, and you have two clients on the team uh, the catcher and the shortstop do you guys watch the catcher and the shortstop or have these bands on and then after practice you take the data? Like how does that actually work when you go to these organizations? So our, our clients wouldn't be the, the individual athletes. Okay. Maybe if we were dealing with like a, a golfer or like an, uh, like a tennis player who like more individual sports. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yet. You said the athletic so, coordinator. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So like if, so after the practice, after the Red Sox get off the field or whatever, yeah. um, all that information would have been collected from like uh, they use something called uh, Z- Zephyr in um, baseball in game. Zephyr. So all that stuff would actually just 
go into you know the cloud right all that data would just go up into their platform and then conduct would basically pull it all down and then the coach would go in pull up their conduct reports right yeah. view that information uh like the whole team or each individual athlete cool yeah where are some of the sickest places you guys have been like some of the cool organizations you guys have uh, been to You've i've been, been i lucked out i mean i've been to um the la king's organization the practice facility there the practice facility there um been to boston a few times in both their rinks um i mean we went down to new orleans which was pretty cool to just like that's just a cool city to go to um for the saints new orleans saints uh that one was actually just for a conference i was just down there Oh, okay yeah for that one um trying to think what geez what other teams (laughs) i i I usually i i deal primarily with baseball so and I've been here for long, so I've, I've yeah. gone to, like I've been I've been to Milwaukee more times than you can count. <laughs> Why Milwaukee? Uh, we have a client up there, okay. so. Uh, but you know we were just in San Jose, uh, like San Antonio, um, mm-hmm. obviously uh, Arizona and Florida go to often. Yeah, just bec- like I'll be going there uh, in two weeks. Yeah, because that's when spring training starts. So you get to hit like all of your clients in one area. That's fun. So we'll go to Florida, kind of do like that West Coast, yeah, um, and then fly to Arizona. It's it's nice in Phoenix because all the teams are so close together. So yeah. you can just stay like in Scottsdale and then just rip around uh, the whole town and and visit all those different spring training facilities. But the most impressive facility I've been to is probably Sporting KC's. What is that? Um, Kansas in City? Kansas City. Yeah. So they have they had this brand new facility that they opened up and it was just mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah. What's so mind-blowing about it? Like they got a cafeteria in they there. They just thought of everything. Like when they designed it, like even when the athlete gets off the field, there's a place where you know they can kind of like punch in like how hard was that practice? hang up their jerseys, like step, take two more steps. There's their towel, right? Take a couple more steps to go around a corner. You're in the showers, get out of the showers. You like, like it's all thought out. It's almost like uh, herding cattle in a sense. (laughs) And then there's like that scale and then they get into the, uh, like meals. Like there's a bunch of snack, like it's insane. Uh, they have these wicked pools. Uh, their like player, like room, is unbelievable it's got like all these xboxes and ping pong tables and tvs yeah. and you know chefs on site that are just oh, cooking up meals it's sweet too because yeah. like usually the staff that you go to meet like they want to show you around the facility of course yeah. it's like top notch right yeah. like that's their baby that's their home so yeah. yeah yeah we got i was down in uh chicago which is probably my favorite city i've ever been to okay never uh, been. We, were, we were down there for the nba combine so just like watching like seven foot ten freaks walk by you but how many years ago was this this was this past summer. Okay. Yeah. So uh, went down there and then we met uh, with the, the Blackhawks while we were down there too, which was pretty cool. And they've got a, we had a cool kind of Nova Scotia connection because Al, Al McIsaac uh, is their senior VP of hockey operations. Okay. And his old man, Don McIsaac. Yeah. You would probably remember this. Don McIsaac had an award in Major Midget, in Nova Scotia Major Midget. It was like the Don McIsaac leadership. It does ring a bell. Yeah. Anyways, and funny, funny stories that I won that in Midget. So like that was like my that was my talking point when I went to when I met him. Not a big deal. Yeah, uh, like, that was my in. That's a good yeah. icebreaker. Yeah, yeah, I won exactly. your award. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah, one year old man's award. So doesn't Scott, doesn't Bowman he what Bowman up there? Stan. Stan Bowman. Yeah, he's the GM. Yeah, and he went to X. Did he? 
I, I thought so. I thought him and Jerry D went to X together or something like huh. that. They, and they were buddies. Yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong. Anyways. Yeah. Um, when you're talking to these athletic trainers of these organizations, what do they say some of their biggest challenges are with the athletes? Because when I think of athletes that are professional athletes, I think of like a whole variety of people. I think of people with big egos that don't want to work yeah. out. I think of people that, you know, are just naturally gifted. So they fuck off in the gym, things like that. So what, what are, what are some things that these trainers have? Oh, oh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's athletes that love what they do and that they go higher. Don't get me wrong, but I just, I feel there's two different types of professional athletes. 100%. What do you guys think? Like, and that's, you're right. There, there's, there's people that, uh, you know, really take rehab seriously. So yeah. they care about their numbers. They care about the program that's assigned to them. Yeah. And then there's players where you have to like convince them to do something. Right. So, um, I think it's not really the sports that are different. It's the organizations that okay, you'd see okay. some differences in where you have cultures, um, where athletes might like go out of the organization to seek medical, um, mm. advice. So that's one thing that MLB teams are always, uh, really cognizant of and always trying to kind of keep that in house. So that players in like, well, specifically 40 man roster players. So like the big, like once you're in the big leagues, yeah. you basically have all these insane rights that you never had as a minor league player. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you can start, you know, kind of pushing your way around and, and saying yes and no to certain things. Right. If you're a minor league guy and somebody tells you to strap on the catapult GPS device, you don't really have a choice. If you're yeah, a 40 man yeah. guy then you know you can you can say no right yeah. so you have to do a little bit more convincing like we're, we're trying to collect this data to make you better right yeah you have a lot of um people like older players who don't really want that data to be collected on them because they just assume that it's going to be used in arbitration against them that's true right so the athletic trainer has to really do a, a good job of say, or athletic trainer and strength conditioning coach the the performance staff in general have yeah. to do a good job of convincing that athlete that it's going to make them better and we're not going to hold it against you um and that's a big part of what the players associations are working on right now too is like yeah. each league like i think the mlb might be the only one where they like opt in and out of like i know like oh like uh like where like like, like the data sources, rights yeah yeah like, mlb super far ahead yeah they're as far as data rights so because yeah. of the steroid use no just their their pa their players association and the league work really closely together so they've been able to put together like a really good cba for their athletes yeah um where like if you're a 40 man player you can cons you, you can sign a consent form like i want this collected on me i don't want that collected on me and I don't want these people to see it. Uh, if you want your data like out of conduct, then you can just snap your fingers and we have to take it out, no questions asked, right? So if I'm going into arbitration, it's like, no, out, right? Yeah. So I can take it out and you've, yeah. you've got a lot of rights. In that Which sense. is like, you know, like I said, the MLB is like a little bit more advanced in that right now, like the NHL is not there yet. Why isn't the NHL there yet? They're just slower to innovate and slower to... Yeah. I mean, like now, the, the next year, it's, I mean, you guys have probably heard, but obviously they're doing like the player and puck tracking. Well, they're actually starting it with a no, few what's, teams this season. So they're doing um, like camera, like vision tracking, basically, of the players and the and then RFID chip essentially inside of a puck now uh, for next season. And they've started it with a few teams for the second half of the year. Um, it's wow. crazy. It it's, looks like it's insane. It's it like a video like game. NHL, like it's EA, like you're playing a video game. Right. It's Wait insane. a second. So you're tracking like how fast players are moving. It's like how hard did they shoot? 
you know, how hard was that pass? What, how much, you know, how much time did they have with possession of the puck? Like what was their efficiency scores? All this kind of stuff is like what can be brought from like what we call XY data. Yeah. So it's just movement data, like on the ice. Like if you think like, you so know, in game pucks are going to have these chips in them. Yeah. So, and, and what's, the players will be tracked and too. the players will be yeah. tracked as well. And so that's where we see like, you know, the, the P the players associations are now saying, okay, like this is real. Like our play, like in the NBA, they've been doing this for years. Like they, they have vision, really? they have cameras in every, all 30 something arenas in the NBA tracking players and how hard they're working essentially in a game. And it changed the it game measures. The it, it changed it completely. So, it, you know, like that same change is going to come to the NHL and it's happening pretty soon. And I think what's also really exciting and, and is like the, the whole sports betting landscape is changing and yeah. that's going to be a big part of it too. That's so. true. People can bank on that. Yeah. Is this information going to be open to the public? Uh, no, not, not initially anyways. You're not going to be able to like pull it down in like an Excel file or anything like that, but they're going to, they're going to have it on like the broadcast yeah. uh, and whatnot. So you know how in MLB games you'll see uh, like how far the, the baseball went on a home run, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And it like tracks it and that. all that stuff. Like you're going to see similar things like yeah. in between plays, like a replay of Shea Weber's slap shot and like how fast it was actually going like and have the angle of where oh, it was yeah, going from yeah, a stick like, like spin rates on it like all yeah. sorts of stuff right yeah that you wouldn't have been able to get with just a radar camera and like that's cool for broadcasting purposes but like imagine like prop bets like in-game prop yeah betting, right like it used to be like you know is ovechkin gonna score more points than crosby tonight and that that's what you would bet on you'd have yeah. to parlay that with a game and now that it's going to be you can do individual prop bets now like or soon um, in most states, so you'll be able to basically it'll, it'll and it'll change from being is, is Ovi going to score the next goal to is Ovi's next shot going to be over sixty miles an hour, right? Like it's going to change yeah. like what you can bet on completely. So and like you're going to know how far players are traveling as well, so you can like yeah. how far is Sidney Crosby going to skate on this shift, right? Yeah. In playoffs, how does that compare to what it's like in the regular season? Yeah. Right. You're going to be able to gonna derive metrics. Everything. Oh yeah, it's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah. That's going to yeah. change everything. Yeah. And I mean, the league's already changing like pretty significantly. You can just see the skill in the league now and like the age, everybody's younger and faster and smaller. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, Quicker. some of the best players are just small, quick, super skilled guys. Yeah. So, um, and I think that, you know, the player puck tracking stuff's probably just going to highlight the fact that that's the kind of player that you need on your roster, not a big, you know, 240 yeah. pound player anymore. That's another thing that it will do that I didn't even think of. It'll be great for GMs to assemble teams. Like if you, what was the movie there? Moneyball. What's his name? The GM. Yeah. Uh, Billy um, Bean. Billy Bean. Yeah. It'll be great for guys like that. I'm sure baseball has changed since whenever that happened, the statistical side of baseball, but I feel like it's going to come to more into play with hockey and basketball. That's what I'm just thinking top of my head. Well, like look what it did for basketball, right? Um, once they introduced that player tracking technology, then they were able to really assess like, are we getting good efficiency for these shots? So GM started looking at all that player movement data yeah. and saying like, we're taking all these kind of like deep two shots, right? Yeah. So like just within that three point line, yeah. like this is how many we're actually taking. Yeah. If a player takes a step backwards, right? Yeah. And then you have the basically the same percentage of the shot going in, but you know, one more point. Yeah. Um, then like, why aren't we taking, yeah. like have never take the long three long or the long two, sorry. Yeah. The long two is like the worst shot in basketball. And they found that out through all that player tracking. Yeah. So now you see, you know, James Harden putting up like yeah. 51 points a game. Obviously you saw Steph Curry like a couple of seasons ago, just go absolutely insane. Yeah. All these threes, like the, the game of basketball is 
in completely different. And you think that is due to your guys's technology? Well, like not our not, technology, but you know but, what I mean. But that... because of that that player tracking technology, or at least innovations in uh, <laughs> technology in sports. Yeah. And you can Google it. Like Dave Morey from the Houston Rocket, uh, Houston Rockets, um, has a lot of good like YouTube stuff uh explaining kind of like those concepts and we should probably mention too it's like we say like gms are like taking that information it's like these are actually people that probably went to school at like mit and did like computer vision and stuff and they're the ones that are like figuring this stuff out and 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 giving the information to the gm to use how they want to use it but yeah it's like it's uh it's been driven by some really really smart people (laughs) you know uh, yeah you know in the nhl how when they go back to the bench and they look at the 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 camera behind yeah like the coach's foot the ipad i'm just thinking about that like you know sid goes on a two-on-one he shoots he misses wide he's able to see how far wide he was where he missed because in a professional athlete's head you're able you're complete control of your body stick and puck yeah for a guy like sid or just for any guy that knows how to play the game of hockey like it's just yeah that instant instant video replay is huge for athletes like you'll see like you know somebody throw a pick in uh the nfl and the first thing they do is go to their quarterback coach yeah. and watch the tape. Yeah. From every angle. Yeah. Yeah. And that's insane. It's interesting you brought that up because there was actually an article that just came out that um, SAP and Apple are working together on that iPad project in the NHL. Yeah. So they introduced it two years ago. Um, and then next season, they're going to be kind of bringing in like real time statistics from the player and puck tracking stuff so that like coaches can see like face off efficiency or time on ice for certain players. And so essentially seeing like, has our, has this player surpassed the level of time on ice that we wanted him to play at this point in the game, those kinds of things. Um, and that'll just continually like keep innovating and changing, I think. So like, so. you know, in NHL, like on Xbox or PS4 yeah. or whatever, yeah. um, how you have like a fatigue kind of gauge for your lines. Yeah. And you can change your lines yeah. when They're someone's like, tired. Red. Yeah. That's yeah. like basically building. It's like, um, that's where it's going. That's yeah. where it's going. So do you think there'll be a point where, you know, a player is, tired but doesn't know it yet like they're 10 seconds away from being tired and maybe like a little tap will come on the back of their helmet to like tell them to do this type thing like is that where we're going i don't know yeah i don't i don't know what it's going to be and like i i mean i think there's always going to be situations in the game where like it doesn't matter what the data says like sid's going on the ice yeah Yeah. Yeah. there's just going to be times where that always happens and it it should be that way but um i think if like you know the regular season's a long grind so if you can potentially like decrease a risk of overworking a player then i think coaches are definitely going to be willing to use that do you ever see a point where this gets too much and it takes away from the game do you ever think about that or do you think do you think that the people that are working this technology are too smart to let it i think affect the actual playing of the game i think when people start talking about data then they think that okay data is now making these decisions and that's really not how people are actually looking at the data yeah. Uh, in real life, right? Um, even, you know, what the athletic trainers and strength conditioning coaches do as far as, like, recommending that, you know, we shouldn't work this guy that hard. It's only it's only data, right? So mm. it's, a, it's a conversation starter. It's not the decision maker. Uh, mm. It's a piece of the puzzle. But there's so many other factors included. And yeah. you're right. Like, you know, once, once a team gets to, you know, like baseball teams always manage athletes uh, – pitchers throws and stuff like that obviously because it's a really long season you want to be avoiding tommy john there's data that backs up like if i'm doing this you know i have a better risk of tommy john but once you get into playoffs that goes out the window and then you see like you know david price coming out of the bullpen yeah Yeah. like it it, that those decisions are extreme in the postseason but they're still happening during the regular season it's not 
yeah it's not data that's driving all the all the different decisions there there are there's a human component to to every yeah. uh, decision that gets made and yeah. at the end of the day the owners that are owning these professional teams they're all billionaires and they all want the best for their teams and for their players and to win so at the, you know when they all go to florida at the end of the year beginning of the year they all meet together and they talk about what's good for the league what's not good for the league i'm pretty sure most of these guys are going to say yeah i want this technology due to the fact that it's going to help my players yeah. there's going to be no one saying no yeah. Unless it's the, the PA, like you guys are saying. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, and we talk about it just from a team per- performance perspective, like keeping a guy, you know, at less of a risk of getting injured. Let's just put it that way, maybe. But um, it, yeah, it, it's, I think, uh, yeah, I forget where I was going. With that <laughs> I lost it's my train of thought. I noticed you said it's one. all good. <laughs> first time let's watch the thing that that thing's leaning oh, on the shit. table yeah. it's all good cheap studio here um i noticed you said something cool about uh team culture when you go to all these different organizations you're able to determine the culture of a team yeah could you like name some of those uh, those features those things that you notice when you go to these professional yeah and franchises it, it's it's more or less just like how compliant athletes are from team to team so um a lot of teams will do like a daily wellness questionnaire. I don't know if you've ever heard what of that. that. What it's, does that mean? It's basically like every morning an athlete gets like a text or a notification to fill out their daily wellness questionnaire. And it's, it's five questions. It's, you know, how did you sleep last night? Uh, all one to five. Uh, like, what's your stress? What's your mood? Um, how's your muscle soreness? Blah, blah. Like mark any part on your body that feels sore. Yeah. Right. So they do that on a daily basis. It's called subjective wellness questionnaire. Are most teams doing this now? I, I, basically every much every team like, like hockey baseball basketball every sport olympic sport you name it right? and you talk to some just to jump in like you talk to some of the, the the top guys in the in the performance world and they'll tell you the same thing like technology is great for telling you how hard a player might have worked in practice but he said you know Sidney crosby knows his own body better than technology does oh, at yeah. this point like he's a he's yeah. he's a high level athlete for a reason because he understands his body so asking him subjectively like how hard was practice today is probably just as useful as like seeing the data on how hard he worked in practice. I see what you're saying. Okay. 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 So like the compliance rate on that, uh, can vary from team to team. That's, that's how you kind of know, uh, how much buy-in there is towards like those particular programs or it's an indicator, I guess. So like you might have an MLB team where maybe only 40% of the guys fill that on in the morning. And then you have other teams where it's more like 85, 90%. Right. And that's like 300 people. Yeah. So, having like 300 people consistently every single morning fill out a questionnaire is in indicative of the fact that they've communicated really well to their athletes. Like, this is why you're doing yeah. this. You know, we're giving that information back to you. We're helping you out. Right. So that that's like one indicator. Also, uh, you'll, th- it's also publicly available uh, information that like, you know, Josh Donaldson, for example, went, uh, outside of the organization for strength conditioning and like medical assistance after the season was over, um, which might you know indicate that he wasn't necessarily bought into the program that they had yeah. uh, at the Jays. And we don't work with the Jays as a client, yeah. um, but that's that's just what I read on on Sportsnet. Yeah, I like the fact that like when, you know all three of us here. One, well, I guess not you two, but when we watch sports. We just see the five guys on the ice, the 12 guys on the field, whatever it is. I like the fact that you guys actually deal with 
the people that help the athletes because you know even though even the, the the trainers that set up the, the gear in the dressing room we don't see that all you no, see is washington right. pittsburgh play wednesday mm-hmm. night eight o'clock and you just see that it must be such a, a satisfying feeling when you're sitting at home here watching a game knowing that you know what goes on behind the scenes and you kind of help towards that is that like a satisfying feeling towards you guys or are you guys kind of just numb to it now like you've been doing it yeah, for I mean so I definitely long. I definitely don't take any uh credit credit for for anything that's happening with any no. of the teams that we work with like that I work with but um yeah no I mean it's cool it I is think it's cool to see the guys that you work with on TV everyone Yeah you yeah know, you definitely and like see people them. are like who's that guy it's like you know I know yeah, it's like that's Billy Bob. He's, he's dehydrated yeah. right now. And it's <laughs> also pretty sweet when you can be like, "Hey, I'm like heading to Boston. Could I grab a ticket?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." And they, they oh, it's like that's that, always eh? nice too. So, <laughs> yeah, that's that, sick. That helps. Yeah. But yeah, and I was gonna say too, just like about the you know, even with the culture side of it too, it's like there's salary caps where you can only pay your players so much, but there's no salary cap on on the staff that you can have around your players interesting so like that's that. a big part of the culture i think too is that some of the probably richer organizations not always but can sometimes are able to put more people around their athletes to help them perform because there's no cap on how much they can spend there right that's interesting. so um now that's not to say that you know but that also gives the same way that you could look at that as an advantage for rich teams it can be an advantage for for smaller market teams as well by embracing the data and like what billy bean did with the a's yeah like back in the day right he had no so, budget at all so he had to work with what he had yeah. right um and you will notice that like especially in baseball where um there's so much more of an emphasis on uh keeping players healthy and making sure that you know rehab is going well and players are returning to play kind of on time uh when you aren't able to kind of buy your way out of trouble right yeah and that's kind of like where sports science originated it wasn't in North America, that's for sure. They're just catching up, right? Yeah. So sports science in general originated in Australia and the UK because they have leagues there where you can't buy your way out of trouble, right? You're competing on a global market for, you know, cricket or soccer. Um, so you have to keep your you have to develop your talent and you have to keep that talent healthy, right? You can't just be the Chicago Cubs and go through, yeah. you know, like go a couple pitchers a, a season and just buy another sick pitcher to come in yeah. when that guy's kind of going for surgery, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's you know, where the small market teams in the MLB will take advantage of all that data that, they're, that they have access to to make sure that, that, you know, their athletes are not overloading themselves and putting themselves uh, at risk of injury. You said that you only work with baseball teams or most teams you only work with baseball is that a choice by you like do you just personally like working with baseball teams over preferred to hockey teams i used to hate baseball (laughs) so why are you with baseball Um, teams so much uh it just we have we work with 11 mlb teams that's sick so i think it was more like and they're really big organizations so each mlb organization really has like eight teams yeah i think it was just uh the way that they came on like so a, it's a lot like of them were my clients okay. and yeah so i i ended up just like focusing on that and matt obviously focuses on the uh the nhl and we have people that focus on the nfl right so yeah um but my yeah my focus is baseball and i really like working with baseball teams what about yeah. you matt yeah pretty much just with nhl so we work with uh 16 of the nhl teams 16 yeah so um yeah i mean varied amounts like each team like we like we've been talking about there's different culture at each team so some teams use different it a lot more than cases. others yeah but yeah. it's um yeah 15 16 teams across the nhl using it so wow. it's uh yeah i think we had like five or something four or five when i started so like you know like pretty rapid growth which yeah. is just indicative of the nhl kind of catching up to what's happening across yeah. all those other leagues that we have so yeah unreal when i asked this question you guys 
Try to tell me the truth. Don't lie. I've had I have buddies that travel a lot for work, and they say when they first started, it's awesome, but then it just kind of gets old as you kind of get you do it more and more. But with that being said, the, the buddies that I know of that travel a lot, they don't do it for for sports. So I guess you guys both love sports. Like, do you do you ever get old of it, or is each trip just as exciting as the last one? Tell the truth. Depends. I mean, like. Yeah. Obviously, travel is awesome, and you know, having a job where you can travel is a really good way of kind of like seeing places world, that you wouldn't yeah. go to otherwise. So you can't yeah. really complain. Like, I don't really buy it when people say it's getting old. Obviously, like it's a grind every once in a while, but yeah. you'd way rather be traveling than not. Mm-hmm. Um, it it depends. It depends what you're going down there for. Sometimes you're going down into like a high pressure situation. Maybe you're like fighting a fire, or you're about to like you know trying to close a deal. Yeah, and you get like a little bit jittery or whatever, and you're yeah. you're you're not like you're nervous right yeah. but and th- those are those are like can be tough but everything works out in the end yeah but then th- sometimes you have to go travel to like like i don't know orlando or like indianapolis, <laughs> indianapolis. yeah oh, indianapolis. what's wrong with indianapolis <laughs> oh it's just a grind <laughs> yeah. sorry to anybody you just who's from avoid going to florida or indianapolis. indianapolis actually yeah. i've only really been there in february so we go to every nfl combine yeah and and they're just like big like trade shows and those those suck right? yeah where you can't yeah you're just stuck because you you notice like you go to a lot of these U.S. cities and they're all just the same yeah thing sometimes like the yeah. same people same food just same hope the like, same like there's always like a Jimmy John's for sandwiches around <laughs> there's not really like anything other than like chain restaurants and you do appreciate Halifax a lot uh, yeah some cities you go to it's like holy crap we have so much character in this town and if any one of these people who lived in like Indianapolis came to Halifax they'd be you know blown away yeah. right it's a crazy city when yeah. you think about it when you go yeah. to see a lot of the others like just random cities you'd never like you'd never go travel to indianapolis or like yeah. san antonio like, you know what five times the size of halifax and you're like why yeah. do people live here yeah. <laughs> like, it's just so don't, spread out it's just like, strange like, yeah it's, it's crazy it, yeah. they're just plopped up in the middle of a big field right a lot of yeah. those midwestern yeah. uh, uh cities yeah. are like that yeah i mean i i mean i i enjoy the traveling i think it's the same as calum it kind of depends on the trip that you're doing too yeah. um and it also for me it just kind of depends on the time of year because like if if i'm going on a trip in like august september it's kind of stressful because all of the nhl teams are are getting prepped for camp so it's why is that stressful so i'm going to do an implementation or try to sell it to somebody or whatever a trade show whatever i'm doing and that's what i'm there to do like nine to five kind of hours and then it's throughout the day that you were at the trade show you've been getting hit up by all your teams about all this stuff that they need done so then you're working till midnight to try to get it all finished so I mean, Callum can say the same thing for like MLB for sure, but like there's definitely times during the year where the hours that you're putting in are pretty significant because like minutes matter in pro sports. Yeah. So like yeah. you're you're pretty much on call when they need you. There's and, no such thing as a weekend. Yeah, and I and you know yeah, there's no there's no and such thing as a weekend no or an off season. An off season. It, That's for, what people don't yeah. really understand. It's like, dude, when they stop playing games, like that's when the work starts. Like, yeah. It, it's like they don't stop. So right now, baseball season is over. What are you focused on right now? <laughs> baseball season. Baseball season, 100%. <laughs> baseball season's not over. Yeah. It's still going. It's just it's getting still, started. It's just the other season. It's not the off yeah. season, right? Interesting. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah, so like, you know, sometimes you get some like pretty long days, but that g- generally that's just for like a, a portion of the year when yeah. it's really busy. But, um, yeah, no, it's, I think, 
I think I I think I ca- counted it. it was like I think I did like thirty five thousand kilometers or something in the last like. Do you get six to collect months. those points, or they go back to the business? Oh, I'm an idiot, and I didn't have an aero plan yeah, set oh. up. Don't even get me started on that, though. Yeah, we won't even go there. Thought I thought you could backtrack, and once you signed up for aero plan, like it said, <laughs> it said you could collect the points on the flights you had, yeah. but you had to have been a member. Anyways, it was, yeah. Now you know for next screwed time. Screwed up. Yeah. So it's all star break right now. So you're just chilling for the next couple of days. Yeah, like most of the teams are just like it's like a mandatory seven day break or something, right? So they're not like allowed to do anything. Like they can send them some strength conditioning program, but most of the boys are like hopping on a flight to Hawaii or something. Yeah, so, so they're all in Vegas or yeah. South Hawaii <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Yeah. You should go down to San Jose. Yeah. Why not? Well, when is it? Saturday? Yeah. I think so. I think so. Yeah, it's this weekend. Man, I'd go down if I were you. That'd be sick. Could you get tickets to that? No. No, no, probably not. Is San Jose one of the clients? Yeah. Yeah. We, well, you don't yeah, have to say if you don't want yeah, to. Yeah. We, yes. Yeah. 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 We work with some te- like the teams out west, which adds which adds to the struggle of being on the east coast. It's because they're four hours behind, too. So the questions that they ask it. 5 p.m. It's nine o'clock and here, right? So to explain, uh, it's like they just don't really just understand that you're four hours. Four hours ahead. Ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't care. Yeah, they assume yeah. that you're Eastern time zone as well. But, yeah, and you can't even really know where Atlantic time zone is. Like, uh, they're what like, are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I've never heard of that. Yeah, we're in Nova Scotia. No idea where that is. Can you just do this work, please? <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's true. Yeah, it's yeah. a global market, man. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you want to be successful, you got to work with people all over the world. Yeah, that's nuts. How many people do you guys have at conduct? What's the staff now? I think it's 60. Yeah. 60 so. people? 60-ish. Yeah. 60-ish, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've got wow. a big development team. Like uh, our whole, you know, uh, product is all technical, right? So we have yeah. a big development staff. Um, and I'll just give a shout out saying that, you know, we work some long hours. Like those guys put in crazy oh hours. God. So yeah. it's, yeah, they, they're the, they, make, they make everything yeah, work hundred percent. So. so the people that don't travel, what's the what are the, like? Give me some like departments that conduct that you guys have. Like obviously you guys are going on the road talking to these these companies. Well, maybe well, what's another department it's, that it's it's a lot like you know any SaaS company like software as a service, right? You have like uh, I would say like seventy percent of our workforce force is probably on like the product side. So you have you know your um, product managers, you have your scrum leaders, the people who manage like different teams of developers and you've got developers who are like the brightest people in the room right just banging out code and making sure that our product is advancing with the needs of our clients right because this is it's it's a race yeah like we're not the only ones doing this right we have this competition we have competitors for sure yeah right so we have to always be kind of like you know protecting our lunch and yeah making sure that somebody doesn't come in with a better feature uh, so we have to, or the, the product team has to do a really good job of making sure that we're, our product is going in the right direction, that people are, you know, meeting timelines. So yeah, yeah, like Matt said, like we're grinding out, um, on the road sometimes, but these guys are, you know, making sure that this product release is out on Tuesday and it has no bugs because right. you've got five teams kind of waiting on this feature. Right. So, yeah. or it's like you're, re- you're releasing a new feature and our NHL teams are just about to start training camp. So it's like, if that feature didn't work, like essentially all of the NHL teams, good data could get screwed up, right? Like it's pretty significant risk. And your credibility's out the window. Yeah, exactly. That's the biggest thing, right? So it's, yeah, it's all uh, in mind of keeping like security down pat. And what does that mean? Security down pat? Like, so other people don't get this information. 
Oh, it's there's like, like a variety. I mean, yeah. like we have to abide by security laws and like HIPAA and GDPR and, and whatnot. Yeah. And you hear stories about like the, uh, there was like, I think two seasons back in the MLB with the Astros, right? I don't and know what happened. They had, uh, yeah. was that the intern guy or like the guy? That was, like that was the internal in? guy. So yeah. there was an internal guy who built this like pitching algorithm with two other guys on in the Astros. That worked for Houston? He worked okay. for Houston. Um, and then I think he went to another team and still had his like logins to that platform or whatever or like they didn't like properly inactivate his account and uh he was able to like go in and like he was in there for like seasons yeah no. just like looking at all their stuff um i mean you think about jail. Yeah. is he yeah. yeah i mean you think about like a breach like yahoo or you know yahoo and a bunch of email addresses get breached and that's front page news it's like imagine if that was yeah. you know your own health data or like oh. or not health but like you know yeah sort of performance data like that's equip that's probably more private than an email address right so 100%. that's the kind of stuff that we have thought to be, of that. yeah you gotta be it's so it's you have huge. people working at home base that are protecting your software at all times yeah well just making sure that nothing is introduced into the platform that could potentially break something else in the platform that you know could open up a hole for somebody or lose data somehow or whatever so so we have we have a security like a director of security right what's his name uh (laughs) his name is andrew milne shout out to andrew man i wouldn't be able to sleep if i did that job (laughs) he keeps us on our toes he's always sending us fake phishing emails yeah (laughs) trying to get us to click on oh yeah 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 Yeah. i clicked on one the other day by accident brutal got fished (laughs) called out hard yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's i like this andrew guy he's smart keeps you guys on your toes yeah um question for both you it doesn't matter who goes first biggest challenge you both have uh at conduct is it you know with the, with the pitch is it making the sale is it keeping up to date is it the long hours is it the travel like just give me one answer biggest biggest challenge and why hmm. it's like an interview that's a real interview type question well if you, guys, if you guys don't work at conduct you can come work at the high if this answer goes well <laughs> uh biggest challenge um would be just uh, managing client expectations probably honestly so, yeah. you know, we have to go in with pretty heavy pitches and, you know, promise a lot of things, not necessarily promise a lot of things, but, you know, uh, paint a really enticing picture for these organizations uh, to invest, you know, a significant amount of money into a program like Conduct. Um, so, you know, if they're asking you timelines or like, are you able to do this or able to do that, then you have to kind of, you have to understand um, the implications of just saying yes to everything, right? Because once you get that sale and you accept <laughs> you the money, lied, and you gotta, yeah, then, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, things go downhill pretty quickly from there. And it's a very small world, too. Yeah. Right. So all these teams talk to each other. Uh, they're all getting hired and fired um, by different teams. So people are, are going around the, you know, the horse and pony show pretty much. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's managing expectations and, and not like being honest, being transparent. I think that's what a lot of American companies like to do business or notice that when they do business with Canadian companies, it is very honest and transparent and what you see is what you get. And probably partially the fact that we're from the East coast too. Like, I honestly think that that really, that helps us like even just from like a customer service kind of perspective, like friendly, you know, friendly, hospitable, polite, you know, like we're not pushy. We're, you know, we'll tell them the truth. We're transparent. We want to help that's, them. Yeah. We're not trying to just take their money. We legitimately yeah. have like a solution that, you know, could make their lives easier. If you're not saving somebody time or saving somebody money, then there's no point in buying anything. Right. So we're, we're trying to convey the fact that, yeah, we're going to save you time. Like we're going to, you know, make your life 
less stressful. You're going to have more time to work with the athletes personally rather than like grind out on Excel sheets and download yeah. all this data and try and, you know, mash it into a report. Uh, and we're trying to save you money because, uh, you know, less injuries, obviously, yeah. uh, less investment goes into uh, and like keeping those athletes healthy and like half and you know and you're also trying to make the guy the person that you work with you're trying to make him look good to his boss because yeah. essentially like, everyone's that's, got a boss you know, yeah, yeah so you know but yeah no i i would say like yeah managing expectations is definitely tough i think like <laughs> like managing the expectations when there's when you have multiple like major accounts right like it's that's what i find difficult is it's it's um how do you like split up your time with each client appropriately so mm -hmm. that each one feels like they're getting the attention that they deserve. But at the same time, you have to understand that like different clients are paying different amounts and there's different clients that have different priority of issues mm -hmm. um, in the grand scheme of things. So it's just like trying to manage, like how do you explain to them that, Hey, this might not get fixed because there's a bigger problem that we have to fix somewhere else or whatever. And yeah. that's always like a bit of a challenge, but I think, you know, as you build the relationship, it's such a relationship business because, you know, well, everything is, yeah, yeah it, everything yeah. is really, yeah, exactly. So it's like, if you can have a good relationship and these guys trust that you're not just like stringing them along, that you're like serious, that you're going to get something done when yeah. you can. And it's, you know, um, yeah, they're, they're generally pretty good about it, but there's been some, there's been some dicey times as yeah. well. So there's like back in the day, man, like oh, yeah. Travis was selling this idea idea to people nothing right? was real there was yet. nothing there like we had nothing in code and like we'd go to you know x team and be like what do you want <laughs> and then yeah. we'd go build it did right? you guys start out locally like with working with smew saint of x like or did you no, start man. right away with the, right oh, at like, the top of the, at the top of the top how, did, how yeah. does that happen travis Tra so this is <laughs> the thing a, about nuts. travis man he's nuts and the best like well i think probably the one of the best things about him is that like he is not afraid to fail like Can't at be. all like he, he he puts himself out there and like and he also just puts his so much faith in the people that work for him like, yeah like the opportunities that he's given Calum and i that like normally in your first like real gig at a university like you wouldn't get that opportunity to go talk to the gm of the bruins yeah can you go down but like you know he <laughs> like yeah. had a one-on-one -on -one with don sweeney like that wouldn't have happened at 26 or 27 years old like yeah. for sounds most like, people right like, like he's yeah, just like yeah. go do it right like is this guy based on halifax he, is he living here yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, he moved, he, he's moved like the, one of the best paper. salesmen you'll ever meet. He's his ability to pitch a vision uh, yeah. and uh, express his passion about, you know, his uh, like his vision really yeah. is like second to none, man. Yeah. You get in a room with Just him, a motivating he guy gets in the zone. <laughs> it's it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So he is based out of Halifax. Yep. I'd like to talk to him. Does he have time or is he busy, really busy? He's a busy dude. <laughs> he's a busy dude. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, all come to tough. him. He's has, he has an office down there. <laughs> yeah. We we can move we can move the we can move the podcast down there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's sick, man. We'll, we'll try and yeah, we'll try. And he uh, actually like kind of cool story. Like he moved to California for a little bit, like a couple of years ago, I guess. So did I. Um, you did? Yeah. yeah really? I was yeah. out there before I came here. Yeah. So he was in Palo Alto for I think a year while we were kind of like finishing or just finished up our Series A round, and so he wanted to be out there with some of our investors a little closer to them. And he came back and he was basically just like, look, you, you go out there like thinking that you're going to find all the answers because that's where all the smart people are and that's where it is. And he's like, you know what? He's like, at the end of the day, like it's no different. Like yeah. he's like, it's a mindset that we have in this region that we have to get over. Like 100%. Stop and being like, like I said about uh, Canadians and Americans liking the transparency that Canadians bring. One thing that you notice that it's different between American Canadian companies is that 
American companies will think really, really big yeah. and they'll do it, right? Canadian companies are a way more conservative. Yeah. When you when you like are in America compared to in Canada, it's the the difference is huge. So um, that's one thing that like Halifax needs and and has. I think there's a lot of really cool yeah. companies that are doing, you know, <laughs> American type philosophies where you dream really big, like if you want to go talk to Gatorade, go talk to Gatorade, yeah. right? You don't have to start off with like, you know, big eight in, yeah. in Trenton, <laughs> yeah. right? You can, you can go to the top. It doesn't matter where you're from like, and you can't be afraid to fail, which is obviously, yeah. uh, has got Travis a, a long way and conduct with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's sick. I love everything you guys are saying. Did you, uh, <laughs> what? Did you tell him about how he, how he got down to CES? Oh yeah, a little private jet action. <laughs> what happened? Grizzly. Private jet. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. happened? Well, it's just funny. Like we were sending a couple guys of like our business development guys down to CES in Las Vegas, which is like the consumer electronics show. It's like the biggest consumer electronics show in the world. Yeah. Um, and so like one of our guys went down and like flew down like you would normally fly to LA or whatever or uh, Vegas. And uh, anyways, and I came into the office and Trav was there, and I was like, I was like, I thought Trav was supposed to be gone. Like he's supposed to be in CES and. And he was like, yeah, now he's he's jumping with Risley's private jet. <laughs> oh, so he's like that, this guy. No. Well, yeah. he, he's, oh, he's, he's not. He's not. It's Risley, like John Risley. He's got, he's got good connections. Yeah. But he's a super humble dude, man. Oh, Is yeah. He? Yeah, 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 like I, I say that and like he would probably like hate yeah. the fact. That Sounds that like we're man crushing like, yeah. really hard on Travis <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. Pumping his tires for the last like yeah, 30 minutes. Yeah, he's the minutes. man, though. Yeah. He's the man. Well, that's sick. Yeah. So what's next for you guys right now? 2019, fresh. What's What's on the agenda these next couple of months? Uh, I got a vacation coming up here. Where are you going? I'm just going to Sunday River for a ski vacation with a big group of friends. Nice. Yeah. So I'm a big skier. So that's my that's my yeah. winter stuff. Florida, then Arizona, and then Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. Nice. Yeah. So that will be most of February, and then after that, baseball season's basically rolling. So is that why you're going down to Florida for a training yep. camp? Yep. Sick. Yep. Yeah. Where are you guys watching the Super Bowl at? I'll be in uh, I'll be in Sunday River for it actually. Right on. Nice. Yeah. Predictions? You got to go with the goat. It's uh, tough I, not I'm to. I'm a Bills fan, so <laughs> I'm really hoping for the Rams here. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is just coach versus coach, and I just see an inexperienced coach versus yeah. the goat again. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's just. Yeah. That's, what all, that's all I see. It, yeah. It's hard to count uh, the Patriots out after the last, or, no. yeah, after you can't, last game. You really can't bet against them. Like, it's tough. Yeah. Patriots a client? You don't have to say. Oh, it just went quiet in here. <laughs> um, no way. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Yeah. No comment, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Ooh. You, you can probably Ooh. derive. Yeah. Derive an answer. But yeah, that. I mean, all, all, a lot of these teams will prefer not to be named. Oh, just, yeah. be, just because um, it can be a competitive advantage. It's not really that much anymore. And, mm. and some teams like won't care and other teams will say like yeah no we, just we don't, don't want other anything. people knowing because just information out there that yeah you know it could or could not help somebody so it's sometimes it's stipulated in our, in our contracts that we can't be mentioning them in like press releases or uh, when we're talking to other or... prospective clients like we work with x team right so yeah yeah all right yeah, yeah. All right, fellows. Well, we're coming up on an hour here, so nice. Cool. I appreciate you guys coming on. You kind of cleared the air. Everyone listening, now you know. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully yeah. a little. Hopefully bit of they answered. Just hit us up. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. The, the last couple minutes here is uh, it's on you guys. So if you want to say hi to family, friends, or promote something or say something, feel yeah. free. Shout out to the program. Shout out to High Button. 
Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And high button. Oh yeah. Do you guys have any questions for me? You can ask something. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, Jeez. You don't have to. Who's who's your next interview you got lined up? Do you know? Uh, Think I uh, maybe I can't say. <laughs> you know, we, know. we get the deal. Yeah. It's um, yeah. I don't. I don't know if I can say. That's all good. We'll. Uh, I can tell tuned. you one guy, um, Gavin Tucker, the UFC fighter yeah. from Halifax. He's oh, coming nice. on. I'm not sure when. That's cool. But he's coming on. Um, yeah, that's probably all I can say for yeah. now. But yeah, we've got some good guests lined up. You gotta um, keep the people guessing. I wanted to know about the the street interviews you guys do. Yeah, love them. Love They're it. Unbelievable. Actually, I can announce this now. We got, you know, Red Bull Crashed Ice. Yeah. They have an event in Boston at I Fenway. I was going to ask if you're going to go on the we, road with We it. got invited, so we're, we're going up. Nice. That's wicked. Uh, me and Doodley are going to head up on the 7th to the 11th, but the event is from the 9th to the 10th. But we have a buddy that was on the podcast that plays up at Harvard. Yeah. So we're going to go up a good day early, watch him play. Nice. And then the Bruins are playing Colorado oh, nice. uh, that Sunday. And then Ryan Graves, who plays yeah. for Colorado, yeah, was on the podcast. So I'm going to message him so yeah. he can get some tickets or cool. figure it out. Leave him yeah. But yeah, so that's that. And, and Dudes uh, is in school right now? He is in school. He's taking media media, yeah. media relations. Good something. for him. Shout out Dudes in school. Shout out Dudes. That's why he's not here. He's in school. <laughs> he's studying. But yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Cool. All yeah, right. We're good. All right. Everyone cool. listening, thank you very much for tuning in. You know I love when you tune in more downloads the better for us so uh hi button make sure to go to all of our social media outlets like subscribe comment youtube facebook itunes soundcloud youtube i think i said youtube already mess it up every time but once again we are out love you guys peace you can get the biggest Chanel back in the store if you want it. I gave them the drill, they set it up, I got them on it. I bought a new paddock, I had the white, so I two-toned them. Taking these drawers, I'm gonna be up until the morning. That ain't your car, you just a Lisa, you don't own it. If I'm in the club, I got that fine when I'm performing. The back end just came in and all hundreds. Vibes galore, cute shit, they all on us. I'm from Atlanta where young niggas run shit. I know they hating on me, but I don't read comments. Whenever I tell her to come, she comes. Whenever it's smoke, we ain't running. Drip too hard, don't stand too close You gon' fuck around and drown Off this way, doing all these shows I been on the road, I don't care where I go Long as I get paid Bad little vibe, she been on my mind Soon as I get back, she can stay Do this all the time, this ain't no surprise Every other night, another movie get made Drip too hard, don't stand too close You gon' fuck around and drown Off this way, doing all these shows I been on the road, I don't care where I go Long as I get paid Bad little vibe, she been on my mind Soon as I get back, she can stay this ain't no surprise Every other night another movie get made Every other night another dollar get made Every other night started with a good day I feel like a child, I got boogers in the face I'm dancing in the dollar, this shit is a parade I don't want your train, I'm gon' want another slay I had a job that like too many bitches getting saved huh? TSA harassed me, so I took a private plane He pussy nigga like a while, I'm working on my aim Drip too hard, charge to the car Designer to the ground, I can balance better name Drip too hard, caution on the floor You gon' fuck around and drown, try and ride a nigga away Drip too hard, don't stand too close You gon' fuck around and drown, off this way Doing all these shows, I been on the road I don't care where I go, long as I get paid Bad little vibe, she been on my mind Soon as I get back, she can stay Do this all the time, this ain't no surprise Every other night, another movie get made Drip too hard, don't stand too close You gon' fuck around and drown, off this way Doing all these shows, I been on the road I don't care where I go, long as I get paid Bad little vibe, she been on my mind Soon as I get back, she can stay Do this all the time, this ain't no surprise Every other night, another movie get made